This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. September 8, 2021. This is also the deadline day in Turkey because we like to uh, do like the British do and drive on the other side of the road. Uh, but this is in terms of the transfer market. We like to be a little bit different than the rest of the world, uh, which has provided some of the clubs with some opportunities. Anyway, uh, today is just a two-man panel. Uh, my good friend Jakub Marofolo joins me directly from the Netherlands. And of course, I am Kam Bayazit, your host, and my co-host Jakub, of course. Jakub, thank you for joining me. Uh, we're just th- just the two of us today. Uh, I could sing a funny little song to go along with that, but uh, <laughs> it's warm here. I know it's warm there. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm boiling, man. I'm boiling. Um, but it's good. It's, it's good. I'm surviving. It could be way worse. Uh, yeah, for sure. You could be in the Amsterdam Arena and uh, watching Turkey getting battered by the Netherlands. Yeah, fun fact. A lot of my family and uh, close friends have gone to the game and <laughs> um, they, they all just suffered through it because, yeah. um, you know, you have to. Yeah, a good friend of mine, uh, also a Bishtesh fan, Yusuf. Shout out to Yusuf. He went to the game as well. And uh, I think before the match, he sent he sent a message in our WhatsApp group, something like uh, "about to get." I'm not gonna say the word, but uh, <laughs> and uh, wow, 55 seconds in, and the Netherlands are already one 0 up. And I, I just wonder, I just ask myself, um, these guys like they've had a terrible Euros, like the worst worst performance that you can imagine, and then they come off of that and really bad first few games here uh drop dropping points at home to montenegro in the dying seconds last week um shout out to my man man altai bayender by the way who stuck up his four fingers and uh yeah the the wall the wall man was all about the wall um yeah Uh, and then you you go into this match right and I would imagine if I was a footballer, I would think to myself, okay, fucking focus right now. They might be better than us, it doesn't matter, but we're going to put our heads in front of it. And we're just going to be really tough, like a like a $1 steak, and they're going to have the worst evening of their life. And what happens 55 seconds in they score? <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it was, it was clear... Uh especially after the euros that that the turkish national team just needs a new uh, you know needs a new coach i have uh, mm. i'm not a fan of shanol uh, gunesh but i have defended him uh, in the past because i still think he's an okay coach but uh, it's clear that whatever he's trying to do isn't just working so you know after the euros everybody thought that this was the time that um you know a new coach might come in but it didn't happen and uh, 
I think the team just never mentally covered, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you saw what happened. Everybody saw what happened. And yeah. it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. And this brings me back a little bit a couple of years when he was coaching at Besiktas. And, of course, you know, the first two years were wonderful with back-to-back titles, a really good run in, in the Europa League and a good run in the Champions League, really. Uh, just that last game against Dinamo Kiev was unfortunate, but I I wouldn't even blame him. I I don't blame him for that at all. Uh, that was a a bit of a of an unfortunate event with uh, with the referee and just not a good game on our part. Um, but a good Champions League campaign with with four draws and one win, and then um, that unfortunate loss to to Kiev. But a very good Europa League run after that. Then the following season, fantastic run in the Champions League. Um, but you could see the drop-off from season to season. And there were, for me at least, big frustrations when watching Chanel, um that third season already, where you, I would, I personally was always very frustrated. I think I was very vocal about it as well. I think even on, on I don't remember if we were doing football Turk already at that point, but I remember being very vocal about the fact that he, he doesn't rotate. He is always picking the same players. He's always... He protects his boys, but then he is very quick to just completely annihilate people that he does not consider as quote unquote his boys, um, and that's a nasty little habit that he 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 still has in the national team as well. I think, and I I find it interesting that for as long as he stuck with Ozan Tufan, the minute he transfers away from Fenerbahce. And it's weird because Chanel doesn't have anything with Fenerbahce, but like the minute he transfers away, like he's not. Is he, did he even get called up? Now he's at Watford. Like yeah, he, would... he played. He, he played yesterday. Oh, did he? I mean, yeah, he was. Um, there was an issue with uh, you know um, the regulations in in in, in England where um, the players aren't aren't right. you know able to go out to play their national games, but for some reason, Chalar played, and um, Ozan Kabak played, and. Um, Halil even played, but I, I I remember there being an issue with uh, with Ozan Tufan's uh, release, so to say, to, mm. to to join the national team. So I think that was an issue. Maybe, like isn't the, like is it mainly last... like abro- out of Europe that it's the issue? Like South America? Yeah. Like I, I remember no, hearing it's, that it's, uh... it's like a COVID thing. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Um, because uh, the, the the Netherlands is a is a red country or something, and mm-hmm. uh, there's there's some issues with that with 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 that mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, that was was that was what happened with uh, with Ozan Tufan, and he, he he did play like the last um, I don't know you know the game happened yesterday and it and it kind of feels like a blur to me because I stopped <laughs> yeah, playing after same, the, same. like like the twenty fifth minute or like something. the fifty fifth second uh, yeah I mean it was the, I I turned away to look at my phone and we conceded and I was like okay it's uh, okay it's yeah. going to be day you know day like that yeah but he did he, <clears throat> he did play yesterday yeah yeah it's uh but he. With the national team, and I find it really mind-boggling because everyone's calling for Chen- is calling for Chanel's head right now, and I think rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but you have to wonder what happened. What what happened between the preparation to the Euros and not just like you know what what happened between the European qualifiers, the the first half of the World Cup qualifiers, and then that gap. From that those last that last game against Latvia, where we already disappointed, I think that was the last game, and then the Euros. What happened there? Because 
in the Euro qualifiers, Turkey were really solid. Yeah. I'm not. I mean, we can look back at it now and look at, for example, France. And we were in the same group with France, and you know, uh, I think we were maybe all a little bit misguided by the fact of of how well we did against the French. And if we then look at the French right now, and also at the Euro- at the World Cup, like they are definitely suffering from um post uh world cup um yeah, i don't know how to put it like uh delusions of grandeur maybe like yeah, you, yeah. you've seen this before especially with the french national team you know after 2000 when they did the double when they won the world cup in 98 and, and then in 2000 you saw they had several years of where they were really complacent and I kind of have that same sense with them now. And maybe that's kind of why we were all a little bit fooled by how good we were or weren't. You know what I mean? But still, like, the drop-off is immense. And it's literally happened in, in the in the span of, like, two or three months. I mean, and, and everyone was in a good flow going into the Euros as well. We had Burak on fire. Yusuf was, had recovered well from his injury. Um... Yeah, okay, Mary maybe not so much, but Chala had a fantastic season in the Premier League. Like, Hakan, who I'm not a fan of, but he had a great season in, in Italy. Um, I mean, <laughs> he always has decent seasons at club level and then is absolute dog shit for the national team, but I really don't understand what happened. And we're all pointing at Channel Gunesh right now, and everyone's calling for Channel Gunesh's head, and I, I, I wholeheartedly agree but I don't think a new coach is going to fix this one, two, three. Like, there's, a, there's an issue larger than just Shinel Gunish. Like, there's an issue with mentality with the players. I, I, what do you think about that? Like, what is the, the cause for this barring Shinel? I mean, I, I, I really don't know. Um, as you said, the team the team looked solid. It, it, it really feels like they just... Um, you know, forgot how to play football overnight. Um, and I don't know. I really don't know. I I still, you know, Shannon uh, Gunesh is at the end of the day, he's, he's the national team coach and he is the one that's responsible for, for, for winning games. He's the one that's responsible for losing games. So um, he is the he is the guy that, is, that should be blamed uh, when we lose. But, you know, I... You know, as I said, um, I, I think that um, Feno is still a, a good coach. He's doing horribly now, but, you know, recency bias is a thing and everybody's writing him off like he's the worst coach to ever get the national team spot. But, yeah, yeah. you know, he, he, he's a decent coach. It's just, it, it, it just doesn't seem to work. I don't know if it's a personal issue with the players. I don't, you know, one can argue that maybe COVID, um, you know, the break... Uh, did something, but if you look, as you said, if you look at the individual success that the players have have had, you know, Brock in the Brock and uh, Yusuf in the in, in the French league, mm-hmm. and Chalar did so good, and Hakan did so well. I don't know. I I, I really, you know, in in Turkey, it's easy to 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 blame um, failings at at the club level and at the national team level to politics. Um, Fatih mm-hmm. Terim, a couple of years back, when he was the national team coach, also complained about the politics in, uh, in in the national team job being too too much, you know. 
Yeah, I and, get that. Uh, yeah, and one can argue that maybe um, someone somewhere just had enough of the guy, and you know, it 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 shows in his work, or you know, it's 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 pretty much grasping at straws at the moment. But you know, it, it it's just the, the difference between <clears throat> how um, how how good Turkey did and how bad they are doing currently is just night and day, mm-hmm. and. You yeah, know, and there's even, no there's no reason like there's no tangible reason that we can point to for yeah, why that you know, would be the case. You, you, if 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 like a couple of um, starting players were injured for a long time, you could maybe you know talk that say that maybe that's an issue, but the team is pretty much healthy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest issue was that that Miri wasn't able to um, play for the Euros, and then COVID happened, and then a year later he was okay. So it's it's unbelievable because. Um, as you said, Burak is doing really good with Lille. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen uh, Hakan play, but there is a reason why uh, why Inter got him. And had why a good he, start why, with Inter as well. Yeah, and why 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 Milan wanted to keep him? So he he must be doing something well. Um, Cengiz. Has, yeah, it's, be, it's uh, beyond like me personally, uh, but yeah, like I I never I never understood Hakan. Like I never, I I never have been a fan, but that has also some. <laughs> <laughs> extra sportive reasons um, i mean it's you know I, I can be mad at the guy too because he uh, he was going to sign at problems yeah like yeah, 10 yeah years ago and then he just fluked out and then yeah but that's that's, that's the main reason why i don't like him is it's not yeah, just that know, but it's he's done it at every club almost every club he's dicked around in a yeah, very he, with, with, with hamburg he he uh, he said that he was injured and got like he uh, ghosted them he yeah, he, he ghosted, ghosted them, them got, before like, ghosting was a thing or something yeah no no he he, t- he he i think he either changed his phone number or something he didn't show up to training and stuff like that until they gave him his transfer to leverkusen he basically like just completely ghosted them like, for me, that's something that deserves a, a year ban out of football or something. I mean, like, I mean, if if we were going to um, judge every every player by by how how decent people they are, I think. Um, no, but he took it to the extreme, and he's done it multiple times. He, yeah, okay. You know, there, there's a, there's a difference if you do that like once or something, and there's an argument to be made. But he's done it like three times already, and that's just like. Okay, <laughs> you must be an asshole. Uh, yeah, I mean, just not a decent human being, like with with just having no moral fiber. But that stands alone, of course, from him being a good footballer. Um, but he's, you know, that in combination with the fact that he's always disappointed for the national team just has me, like, uh, yeah, like I'll I'll put it this way: if if he comes to Besiktas, I will not I will not be buying his top, <laughs> even if he does really well. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, as I said, I, I I do think that uh, Chanel has to go, but he doesn't hmm. show any sign of leaving. No, um, which doesn't surprise me because he's getting paid <laughs> yeah. way too much, yeah. and um, he's he's just waiting for that they, severance pay. They showed it and, yesterday, right? Like he's earning three point two million euros, and Louis Van Gaal is or is, is earning like nine hundred k. Yeah, I heard that he's earning about 1.2 million, and that's for Dutch standards. That's okay, like, that's... okay, we're breaking the bank, you know. Yeah, that's yeah. that's for Dutch standards, it's pretty high. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, uh, have mean... some dignity, man. You know, just uh, stop when uh, stop on your own accord, and um, at least give it give give the place to someone but, but, that, that but knows who, what to do. Who, uh, in who, 
decided, like, even... Let's say they got Chanel right after the double with Besiktas. Yeah. Like, even then, who would in their right mind give this guy 3.2 million euros? Like, is he Ancelotti? I mean, come on. I mean, I think... Um... Yeah, you know, you know. I wouldn't you, give Sergen that. <laughs> I mean, I love Sergen, but you can't compare both of them. You can't compare them. No, no. But yeah. um, you know, it, it, he's, he, <clears throat> um, historically he's just um, one of the top three trainers, you know, in Turkey. So yeah, of course, I'm it, not it, disputing that. Him, but why uh, do you pay, pay that? I wouldn't pay Terim three three point two million either. Like that's those are absurd numbers for being a national team coach, which is arguably less work than being a club coach. You know, um, I say arguably because I know the general assumption is that it's a lot less work, but there's a lot of work involved, especially if you have a lot of players that play abroad, but you have assistance for that as well. Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we can argue about the, whether the wage is justified or not, but, uh, yeah. And I, sorry, earlier I cut you off. You were talking about Cengiz as well, and he started really well with Marseille. So, like, at club level, a lot of, a lot of the players are doing well. Um, the thing with, with that I always had in the past, the frustration I had with previous national team coaches was very often the selection process, where I really thought that certain players were getting overlooked and other players were just getting called up based on the team they play for. I still think there's that there's a little bit of that. Like, take Thailand Antalyalu, for example. Like, I really don't think that's a player that would get called up if he, if he didn't play for Galatasaray. Same thing with Alpaslan Öztürk. Don't get me wrong, I've, I've, I like Alpaslan. I think he's been doing really well in the league for many years, but he is not a national team level player. And I don't think Thailand is either. I mean, maybe, maybe I am not. Maybe at Thailand you can make a case for, but for Alpaslan, I really don't think you can. Especially not. I mean, I know we had injuries and stuff, and that some people weren't able to come. But like, you look at what we have centrally. Like, why are you calling up Alpaslan, and why is he even getting minutes? And Efejan, two years ago, yeah, definitely, but. Is he, like, why is Efejan getting called up still at this point? At, at age 32, I think. Like, couldn't you just find some young 20-year-old German Turk or something? Or give Kerem Akturkolo some actual proper minutes? Like, why is Kerem not playing? Like, it's mind-boggling. Like, on one hand, you have, like... Thailand and, and Alpaslan kind of being there probably because of the club they play for. But then a kid that's actually doing well at that same club, barely getting a chance. I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I think, um, I think the, you know, the, the Turkish team at the moment is, is stacked in the, mid, in the midfield in the defense. But uh, going forward, the team is just horribly handicapped. Mm. Um, Striker-wise, we are still, you know... Trusting uh, the corpse of Burak Yilmaz, who was just a black hole in attack. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I like the guy. He yeah, and even when Burak doesn't play, then he plays Enes. Yeah. Which is like, Enes? Enes did. Yeah. Um, I am I'm biased because, you know, as a, as a Trabzon, I, 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 I want to see Halil do well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, he, you know, the, the way Halil played, the way uh, Kerem played in the league, they just deserve it, you know? Yeah. And Halil came in 
against um, who did he play? Uh, Gibraltar. Yeah, he came in against Gibraltar and he forced the goal. Yeah. Um, you know, and like if you're gonna insist on playing Kenan, why doesn't he ever try to play him as nine? Yeah, I think you know. I think uh, maybe he wants to play more at the wing because he can, uh, you know, use his speed a lot. But um, even then, he, he, he still doesn't use him a lot. I think that um, Kerem does also deserve a lot of minutes. You, 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 you've seen it when... Um, oh, no, no, I was talking about Kenan, Kenan Karaman. Oh, like, Kenan. Like, oh. He's const- like, he insists on playing Kenan, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm really happy Besiktas signed him. I think he's a super useful player, but he's a very limited footballer. Yeah. I, I've i been saying this for two or three years because he's been in the national team for that long. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, I get that you play him when you're playing against France and you want, like, a really hard-working uh, attacking you know, player. Like player to disturb, uh, I, know, the I, d- I get it then. But, like, if you're, like, for example, like, he brings him in against, uh, against Gibraltar and he puts him on the left wing. Like, he, he said himself... Like, my position is number nine, but I'll play wherever you want me to play. But then, like, put him on the nine. He's got the height. He's got the ability to hold up the ball. He does have those qualities. Like, if you don't have Burak, try him at least. But no, every time he has to go on the wing, every single time. And I really think that if you're playing against a weaker opposition, you don't want to put Kenan Karaman on the wing unless you have, like some really good creative players around him that where he can then play in like the the Arcadire Claren role, you know what I mean? But like I really I don't get it. Like Yeah. I mean I get I, I understand Chanel's always liked that hardworking winger Oljai type of player, you know, and Kenan is kinda that, but I don't know, when you don't have Burak available and and, and you res- you result to you resort to putting NS Unal up top, who for the national team just hasn't ever impressed. I think like he's just there because of his status. I guess like he has a little bit of status because he plays abroad. I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, um, he as, as you said, he, he does play abroad and. Um... He, he he had the potential. He was the he was he was the the next you know after Botwan. I think he was the next uh, big thing, so mm. to say. So people still think that you know maybe he can return to form. Maybe he can you know uh, find that lightning in a bottle again. But you know I I saw has he ever as, found it though? Like except for a no, twenty, you know, as long as he, I think he played like I was like twenty five games or thirty games for the national team, and he scored only once. Mm. I mean, you, you know, with, with the dominance that Burak had, you can kind of explain that away. You can say that, okay, because Burak played that many games, he didn't get a lot of a lot of chance to play. But still, he is, you know, he, I saw him play against Gibraltar after a long time. I uh, don't really watch him on club level. So it was really surprising for me to see how he just, you know, didn't do anything. Um and in comparison, when Holland Kerem came on, you just saw an immediate spark, an immediate, you know, um, yeah. that urge to do something, to to, to play, to yeah, play hunger. some great football. You know that hunger. And and why does Enis Desta not get a chance, for example? You know, like if you're gonna be calling up kids after, like well, let's be honest, like Halil played a few 
games for Galatasaray last season and he instantly got called up to the national team. Like Enis Destan's been playing pretty consistently in the second division in Turkey. He's a very young, talented striker. You know, maybe give give him a chance, you know? Scored yeah, scored again the other day against uh, Scotland, I think, for the under twenty ones. Yeah, yeah. I honestly think that that's uh, what you said a, a little bit back um, about how players are um, getting picked because of the club that they play in. I think that um, you know, people people might argue with me, but if if um, if Halil came to Trabzonspor, I think he wouldn't get the chances that he has as 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 he did um, because he came to Galatasaray. Um, you know, we can argue about this all day, every day. Um, and, no, I agree uh, some, with you. Some, some even say that maybe there's a, there's a, you know, there's pressure from the TFF, pressure from the club presidents to, you know, maybe play more or you know maybe play they maybe play their players more. Um, that's no, if you if you don't, you you might get sued like transfer marked. Yeah, <laughs> that's a whole a whole whole different topic. Yeah, more on but, that later. You know, we 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 see it with uh, with what uh, Channel Gunesh is doing at the moment. Every time he is uh, announcing the national team, um, he picks Abdulkader uh, Ömer in the pro- in in the preliminary squad, and everybody is saying like, "Oh yeah, he's only picking Abdulkader because he is ter- he's from Trabzonspor. He doesn't put, you know he only picks him because of that. If he did, if if he was going to do that, he would have picked um, Berat, you know." That I don't think that that's an issue. Torkan came to Trabzonspor, he's dropped. Um, I think that, you know, Ennis, um, you know, Ali Akman, uh, I think uh, the, the, the young the young boys are really talented. Uh, I hope that they keep this, um, you know, up, upward mm-hmm. trajectory going. Um, I'm so happy that Ennis, uh, that, that Ali Akman went, uh, went away. I think that mm-hmm. Ennis is supposedly going to Salzburg or something. That's pretty much... Um, what I heard, so I'm I'm happy that he's amazing. leaving Turkey too. Um, I think the the you know the the future generation looks promising, but I'm also a bit um, you know cautious because we saw players like Ahmed Kutucu, who, who everybody talked about like the next big next best thing because he scored a couple of goals at uh, yeah. at Schalke, and he's now at at, at Heracles, I think, in the Netherlands. Yeah. So, but it's like you you shared that article the other day about Samet Yeshil, and I, I had completely forgotten about him. But he was a I remember a few years ago because when you when you posted it, it all came back, and it's like, wow, that's right, this kid was gonna be really huge. And then he just you know, I mean, I didn't even know about his his two ruptured ACL injuries, and of course that's going to derail anyone. Um, but yeah, there's there's been some of those unfortunate. Uh, stops but i do wonder like if 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 clubs like salzburg are looking at any's destin right and if you look at the the fees that galtzrai for example have spent this this summer and you look at their situation up top why doesn't the galtzrai go for someone like Ennis? like no way that 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 salzburg are paying seven eight nine million this, this, this is just not how altinordo does business like altinordo don't stand in the way of, of these young players. They sell them relatively cheap. Like, I think almost all of their big towns, like a Chala, like a Berke Özer and stuff, they, they've all went for like two and a half million. And and, and I think Altinorda are, are very willing to work with clubs as long as they think that club is right for their player. Um, so why does a, a Galtzrein not go for him, for example? 
I think um, I, I I talked with with a friend of mine yesterday after the game about this. Um, you know, we were talking about how Brock is. You know, it's time to leave, but you know there aren't that great of replacements at the moment. And we were talking about players like Ennis, and he said to me, which I I never really um, saw it that way. He said, I think because I, I said the same thing. I said, why why doesn't uh, a Trabzonspor Fenerbahce go for these players? You know, everybody knows, everybody knew about Ali Akman, um, and it has been doing re- really well for a season plus now. Um, why aren't they going for him? And he said, um, it's easy. You know, you can you, you can sell NS to, to Gasray for, you know, I, I'm just saying 5 million euros or 7 million euros. Mm-hmm. And then he, he stays in Turkey. Yeah, true. He, he stays in Turkey for like 10 years. Yeah. So you never earn anything else from that. So if they sell a player like Ali Akman uh, or Enes Destan for like 3 million euros to Salzburg, they might earn, um, you know, a couple million uh, less at the moment, yeah. but they just what do they what do they do? They just put on a twenty percent for yeah. like twenty percent, and they you know the moment that they start doing well in uh, in, in in Europe, they their their value just skyrockets, mm-hmm. you know. So that potential um, seven million that you might have get uh, might have got from uh, Galatasaray right, is is nothing compared to the you know mm. four plus seven or ten, and you can also brag about okay, this is our players and. This is what they did in Europe. Yeah, Every but time Dengis does something. Altinoğlu is the one that's you know. I I don't think I don't think Altinoğlu is doing it purely financially at all. Because if you, I mean, I think their 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 standard selling clauses are like twenty twenty five percent. So you're gonna have to those players like let's say when Chalar went to Frankfurt was it was it Frankfurt Freiburg Freiburg like how much did Freiburg sell them for like they didn't sell them for forty million. So twenty percent of, I don't know, ten million or whatever. What, what did they get for him? Um, Let's look it up quickly. Alton uh, sold um, Chalar to Freiburg for eight million. Oh really? I thought it was two and a half for some reason. That that's what Transfermarkt is saying. And then Freiburg sold them door uh, sold them uh, to <laughs> Leicester for twenty one million. Okay, so let's say they got twenty percent of that. So it's like uh, eleven it's million. Four. That's another four million. Yeah. yeah. So it's like twelve million. It's but like, yeah, 12 million. I think it's probably more. I wonder if it's more that the players themselves, like maybe they're just not dumb. <laughs> yeah, I, I also, yeah. That's that's obviously also a thing. You know, um, why would you go to a, a, a top four team in Turkey when the chance that you might be replaced by an over the top um, has been? Uh, mm. Especially as a striker. Yeah, you know, the, your, your chances are really slim in, in, in the top teams because um, a new president may, might uh, take over and yeah. um, the first thing he does is, like, sign a 37-year-old uh, Wesley Snyder or something, you know? So, <laughs> For the record, yeah. Wesley Snyder was, like, 28, I think, or 27. No, I, 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 for some reason, that's the first thing yeah, 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 yeah. to my mind. DJ Drogba, you know? But, I mean, yeah, let's yeah. say Drogba. Drogba was, like, 30, 34 or something. 34, I yeah. think uh, something like he, he went to Galatasaray. But, or you know, there, there aren't that many youngsters that did well at the top four teams, you know, that, that went to the top four teams and did well. There, there are like maybe, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can, you can count them on two hands. You know, that's, that's, that's how many they, yeah. um, they produced. So I can't even time, think of, I can't, from the top of my head, can't really think of one. Like Kerem now is, 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 I mean, 
one of the outside the top four. You know, you had you had Serjan at uh, at Bursa when he was okay. Yeah, but that was the Bursa themselves, yeah. their own players. Like I wouldn't even count that. You know, that I was mean, that's the only way Bursa was gonna achieve success was with their own talents, and I think they kind of lost that afterwards. Like. Yeah, Tra- Trabzonspor has some couple of years, you know, Fatih and Göktenis were the big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, Tolga, if you count him as a, as a as a decent player, was okay. But you know, you have to really grasp at straws. Yeah, but they got they got Selçuk at a young age and stuff like that. You know, like that's that. I think that's also that also counts. Like if you buy a player at twenty, twenty one, twenty two, twenty three, and you actually let them play. You know that that's that's fine. Like Kerem Aktukolo now, for example, like he's not from the Galatasaray youth or anything, but you know they're they're giving him opportunities now, yeah. and he's uh, flourishing. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a big question mark this ta- this Turkish national team. Um, before we stop talking about it, uh, let's uh, one more thing. Like who on earth has to replace Chenal Gunesh if he goes? Because I'm seeing uh, a lot of Fenerbahce and Galatasaray fans uh, calling for Sergen Yelchin. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's a smart. I don't think that's smart for Sergen, and I don't think that's smart for the national team. I, I think they, um, their, their paths will cross in the future, um, but it's it's way too early. I I also think that even if Sergen got the position, you know, got um, got it offered to him, he won't he won't accept it. I don't think so either. I I think Sergen is uh has a career plan, and I think he uh I think if he wants to if he I I don't think he doesn't want the job because I, I believe he said he does at some point, but uh, I think he wants the time to be right for that. And Sergen, when he got offered the Besiktas job, that was in a very bad position. But I think he kind of felt a sort of an obligation at the time to do it. Uh, or well, not maybe not an obligation, but like a a roping, you know, um, like calling a calling exactly. Whereas I think with the national team right now, it's a it's a massive shit show. I mean, it would be career suicide, I think, for, for him. Um, but who takes over? Who if Chanel gets the sack, who should take over? Like, I can't really think of anyone. I also think that that one of the issues that I've seen with the national team coach position is for years has been that they want they just want someone as they the way they pushed Lucescu to advocate reintroducing a foreign limit and the way they've been doing that with Channel as well like I think one of the big reasons that Terim was ultimately sacked was because he didn't want to be their puppet and if like you know Burak on the show often heckles Terim and uh but and I I'm maybe not the biggest fan of his coaching style but I have a lot of respect for him in that regard like because they tried that with him too they tried to push that agenda of forcing a foreign limit and he like Terim is one of the reasons that the foreign limit got lifted in the first place uh five years ago um Obviously, I think, you know, Terim in 2016 had to go as well. And I don't think getting him back now is a solution. Uh, like, I know some people would like that. But, like, he's there's a reason he was sacked five years ago, right? Like, just all the time going back to the same coaches. Like, at least you can say with Channel Gunesh, you know, now versus 2002, like, 
he's made progression as a coach, maybe? Like, in 2002, he was still a relatively young coach. You know, hadn't really won anything yet. Um, and now, when he came back, he was, so to speak, a finished product, which is kind of what you want for a national team coach. You do want an experienced person who has had successes and stuff like that. So I, I definitely thought that at the time when he got appointed, it was the right choice. But just right now, I, something needs to be done. And I think the coach is the easiest solution. I don't think it'll be a magical band-aid that fixes everything. But then the, there there isn't really a clear replacement. Like the only one I can think of is, is Okambuk. And it's not like he's that experienced. He has one Champions League campaign under his belt. He has a title with Bashak Shahir. Apart from that, like some some work at some minor clubs, and that's pretty much it. Like, it almost I mean, has to be a foreigner, right? Yeah, if you if you, I I think that um, the correct decision would be a foreigner because at least then we will um, you know get past this. Oh, he's playing uh, X because he's a fan of the Y team. Um, it will still happen. But, I mean, uh, remember least... when Goose Hiddink was the coach, and then it was just like, well, Oz Chetin is making the call-ups. The big yeah. problem is they can put anyone there, but they need to they need to let that man do his job, and that's the pro. I think that's the single biggest issue. I, I can't really point to it with Channel now. I think, I mean, Channel. Yes, he is definitely uh, being the spokesperson for what the TF. TFF's agenda with the foreign limit and stuff like that. Uh, I think it's very funny given the success that the biggest success in Channel Gunish's career outside the 2002 World Cup has been, you know, his titles with, with Besiktas and yeah, yeah and like nine, uh, nine exactly players. yeah he got his success at Besiktas not because of good Turkish players like okay Ozan was really good the first season and stuff like that but like and Jenk and. Gokhan and they had he had his Turkish players that did well for him, but for the large part it was Quaresma, it was Mario Gomez, it was Jose Sosa, it was you know Marcelo, Fabri, uh, Adriano. I mean Ryan Babel. <laughs> it, it wasn't you know it wasn't um, I don't know Tolga <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know I think that. Um... I, I would love to pile on Shannon uh, Ginesh, by the way. You know, I, I've said multiple times I'm not a fan of his, but I think that the moment you become uh, the national team coach, you are essentially the, the mouthpiece for the for the federation. So if the federation says, okay, um, we're going to ban, you know, we're going to ban all foreign players, the, there's no way the Turkish coach would go against that because, you know, they know that the, they know that the pay, paycheck is coming from their way. So I think that you know you could you could see that the moment uh, Shannon has let has let has been let go or ha leaves himself that he would uh, turn back and go uh, go the same way and say okay you know foreign yeah. players uh, but... bring a certain edge to the to the league and they hmm. you know they should be they should have done well you know they they should you know they should be brought on as long as they are the right players. But the, you like you hire a coach because of who that coach is, right? Like. In in essence, what you're saying is then why even have a coach? Then just have Nihat Özdemir uh, run the national team. Like if if don't, the, don't give them ideas. <laughs> I mean, I don't even you know Nihat Özdemir in turn is just a puppet. Um, we all know who who wanted that foreign yeah. limit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because yeah, uh, yeah. he's openly said it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's unfortunate that the way Turkey has been. Uh, yeah. How how, how you know not to get political. It's it's just it's just unfortunate that the way Turkey has been run is just. Mm -hmm. reason for so many things happening you know yeah. positive and a lot of negative things so uh, you know it's, it's unfortunate that that football has gone from you know a thing for the for for, for the people to be controlled by uh to, to be controlled by politicians politicians and maybe screw it up for the couple the next couple of years but i don't know i really don't know i don't know who should replace um uh, channel, as I said, I think that mm -hmm. um, my my prior my priority and expectation is that a foreign play foreign coach might do well. Um, in, you have Turkish coaches, but yeah, but who? Okan is too 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 uh, young. Um, Chada Shatan is now on a free. He's also way too young, um, uh, way too inexperienced. Let me say it that way. I could, uh, you know, I don't want. Uh, Want Fatih Terim to go back because I think I do think that he needs a couple of years away from football to maybe regain his. Um, I don't know. I don't want. Yeah, to but uh, he'll be a couple away, person. a couple of years away from football, and he'll be in his yeah. well into his seventies. You know. But you will be at least fresher. You know. Yeah, sure, maybe. Maybe um, I think it's. I don't. You know the the word the. The thing is, like, you could say, okay, let's bring a coach that knows the country, at least, like a foreigner, like a Christoph Daum type, but, like, Christoph Daum, maybe in 2010 that would have been a good choice, but in 2021, I, I don't think that's an option. Uh, Joachim Lowe, maybe? You know? that, that was the one that I was going to say. He, he He's going to be free after the, the, the next World Cup, I think. Or is he already? I think he is, isn't he? Yeah, we could uh, bring him back. He, he was uh, at, at Fener and Ankara Gücü, Ney, Kayseri, or something like that. I don't know, oh, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> oh, you know, he has he has um, ties to the country and, um, you know, he, he has his own uh, criticism. People think that um, Germany was, was, was good despite of him being the, being the national team coach. Mm. Uh, but... Uh, you know his uh, his uh, his trophy cabinet is just full. So Maybe we need a, a, a someone like Arsene Wenger. I think yeah, that, could, so that that I I really I legit think that could be a good choice. Like, cause just the way he operated at Arsenal, you know, he's going to watch a lot of players, and he's I I don't I don't think Arsene Wenger would be someone that would bend to the will of politics you know like oh you need to have that many Fenerbahce players and that many Besiktas players and that many Galatasaray players and oh yeah don't forget the token Trabzonspor player you know <laughs> I don't think uh, someone I, I would hope but that someone like Arsene Wenger wouldn't bend to that but then I, I had the same hope for Mircea Lucescu and I was a little disappointed in that <laughs> I have to admit uh, anyway, do you have any, do you have anything else to add on on the glorious national team of Turkey, or do we move on? Um, you know, hopeful for. Um, no, I don't see any hope in the horizon. As long <laughs> as um, you know the the 
as long as the coach is the same, I don't see any improvement. Yeah. And 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 Chala are now suspended, and and Ozan suspended. Yeah, like six players are. The Ozan is suspended. Okai is suspended. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, Chala is suspended. Yeah. No, when when they went on the pitch, like seven seven of them were on the limit. So yeah. it it was due to happen. Maybe it's a it's 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 um, a present in disguise. You know, maybe uh, now that some other players get the chance, they are forced to play. In a different way, I don't know. You know, I, I I like to say I like to think that I tend to look at the bright sides, but I, there is no bright side at the moment. Yeah. Anyway, uh, last day of the transfer window, um, Okanko Okankoch <laughs> Ali Koch said it uh, a few weeks ago that once the window in Europe closes, there's going to be some opportunities for uh, for 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 in his case Fenerbahce. Although I don't think Fenerbahce. Did much post limit uh, post the transfer uh, window shutting on the thirty first. Um, they got Diego Rossi on the thirty first, I think, and then they got who else did they get? They, they got, got that um, right, Berisha. Didn't they get Berisha yeah, on the first? They got Berisha. They got Max Meyer, but I think yeah. that was before. And they got that. Uh, I I think he's Mexican. That defender guy. No, he he played at. Uh, like the second division of, uh, of 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 the Portuguese league. Hmm. They have been buying so many players. I just can't keep up. Yeah, uh, and Miguel Crespo. I didn't even notice that central <laughs> midfielder. So and another midfield. <laughs> yeah. What are they doing? They have like twenty million midfielders. I swear. Um, and then Gals right today uh, must have landed by now. I believe. Uh, Gustavo Assunção, I think, from the Portuguese league. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I saw. I think I saw a picture of him at the airport yeah. or something like that. They were also about, um, going for uh, for Mendy. I don't know which Mendy. Uh, Nam Nampali's Mendy's loan move um, from Leicester to Galatasaray has fallen through, with the midfielder unable to reach Istanbul before the end of the Turkish window tonight, which mm -hmm. is like in eight hours. So I don't know how that makes any sense. So maybe That's... tests and stuff, corona tests and yeah, whatnot. Uh, yeah, and 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 Trabzon have been super quiet. They got their homework done ages ago. Uh, big props to them. Like, has Trabzon even transferred anyone in the last ten days? Um, not that I know of. They were yeah. there were a couple of players that they are um, thinking of getting, but. Um... When it comes to travel sports, always alternatives to alternatives to yeah. alternatives. So um, <laughs> yes. it, it's kind of hard to, to 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 differentiate between what is a true story and what is what is not a true story. Um, the the most recent player that joined the team was um, was Siopis from Alliance Sport, yeah. uh, who I think is going to be a really great player for the team. Um, and they are thinking they are they were thinking about a player from Lille, their left back. I. I, I'm, I'm forgetting his name every time that they are they were thinking that they're uh, about getting him but um yesterday I read that he is not coming Domagoj uh, Bradaric no okay. that can't be him he's, he's way too young and and, and valuable <laughs> yeah that's 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 the name that didn't, I didn't didn't Fano get Lil's right back then or something Feyenoord yeah or Ajax, maybe. No, I don't remember. Anyway, uh, yeah, and then uh, the, uh, maybe the biggest uh, surprise was Miralem Pjanic uh, to yeah. Besiktas. Um, must have been on, on the 2nd of September, I think, right before the, the UEFA list got, uh, 
got in, you know the last day the limit for the wafer list um pretty big move uh think they all kind of came out of left field Besiktas was trying to get get some Fernandez but uh, that just you know, Benfica put them on this UA, on their list and uh, on their UEFA list and they said they have been saying this in the entire window basically 15 million euros is what we want uh, if you want him that's the price um, so Besiktas ended up going for Pjanic instead at the last minute but Galtzray kept trying for Getson but I don't I, I find a little amateuristic from Galtzray that they kept trying past the UEFA deadline list they could like they should have signed this guy now the uh, Gustavo Asuncao before the UEFA list deadline like it, it does show a lack of ambition for the Europa League I think the fact that they left this to deadline day in Turkey um, I understand wanting to keep going for gets on but like Benfica has been really firm on it. They've placed him on his, on their UEFA list now. Like I think it's pretty clear. Like they were not gonna let him go on loan. So kind of a weird uh, decision there on Galatasaray's part. But all in all, I, I I've, I've said this in the previous episode as well. I really like Galatasaray's transfer policy. Like again, this is a 21 year old midfielder. He's on a loan with option to buy. If he does well, that's a great get. They also got Marcao from uh from the Portuguese league from from a mid table team. He's done really well for them, except now recently some extra sportive uh, stuff. But like this could be another uh, hole in one for them, a 21 year old that they could potentially sell on for a lot of money. I, I gotta give credit to Burak Elmas, uh, the new Galstrak club president. Like the transfers they've been doing, all young players with potential, and obviously you have to wait and see how they do. But can't fault uh, someone for this type of a transfer policy. How do you like those uh, moves that Galtry have been making and what do you expect from, from them going forward? I mean, I was surprised. I was surprised because, um, as you said, they have been going for a lot of young players and it doesn't really match into, um, you know, Terim as a head coach and playing young players, you know? It's not really a thing that um, that happens a lot with him. So... They did it really... in, the, in the 90s, right? Like Hakan... Bland, Okan. I know. mean, if you have to go like like twenty five years back, you know that there's some there's a problem. Um, <laughs> but you know, as you said, I I think that they are uh, really great transfers. They did spend like like twenty five million or something on, on on all the players. Yeah. But um, I'm 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 always for it when you play uh, when you get young players. I I would rather have you uh, have a team spend uh, money on a young player and develop and you know. Um, make money of a potential uh, next transfer than yeah. you know having having old geezers in the team so um i'm surprised as i said but i think they are they are really great moves i i, I did wonder though because they they spent like 20 million like 25 million but yeah. they didn't sell anyone everybody mm-hmm. that left either left on a on a transfer free or on a you know on a loan move yeah. Um, the biggest one being uh, Falcao, Falcao, and they, you know, they they are finally um, rid of him, rid of his wages. Finally, they have, yeah, they are finally rid of him. Um, Emirak Baba going back to Alanya Spor is also a thing. Um, he was he was um, linked to Trabzonspor a couple of times, but you know they didn't sell anyone. It's it's really surprising. Did you did you see the the Rize Spor thing? Where yeah, with Oljan. Yeah, where they uh, 
where they basically expose Galtzrai for <laughs> for fudging the books. You know, they uh, they I don't know how they did it, but like because they had a settlement with Riza now. And Galtzrai tried to make it look on paper like they made money. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I was, I was pretty funny that Teresa made it official and stuff. And also I love the, the silence from the TFF. Like just a complete and utter... Uh, ign- just absolutely ignoring it. Like just not even acknowledging it. Um, I mean, from, from what I heard, um, I heard that um, Galtzrai didn't even pay Rizespor. Um what happened was that uh, the TFF took the, the earnings that they got from um, qualifying for the Europa League and they just kind of um, took that money and just gave it to Rizespor because, um, you know, t- to close the settlement, so to say. I don't know how true it is, but that's what I've been hearing on the internet, that because um, I didn't even want to pay it or didn't, you know, think that they had to pay it and TFF pretty much just took their money and gave it to Rizespor. Yeah. Could be could be wrong, could be could be true. I really don't know, but in Turkey, it, it sounds like something that could happen. I mean, it sounds like I mean, it sounds unreal. It sounds unbelievable to me that the TFF would actually do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> sounds very out of character. Um, yeah, but a good. I think a good window for them. What, what do you think of Fenerbahce? Uh, they added some quality. Uh, that Diego Rossi guy from the MLS from LAFC yeah. is supposed to be pretty good. Uh, also, a young player. Um, yep. Valued uh, pretty highly, and then Berisha, like million or something. Yeah, but you know transfer market, you know, like yep. they're, they're, they're those inflated prices. You know, they're not realistic. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I find it I find it uh, funny that that Fenerbahce are complaining about that, and then they sign uh, Berisha and 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 uh, and and that uh, Diego Rossi guy who have very high values on transfer market uh and and you know supposedly they signed them on a budget uh yeah Berisha is a very curious one for me in particular cuz uh PSV were very keen on getting him uh, and they couldn't because he costed 12 million like how did Fener even pull that off and the donkey chimes in as well so as for Berisha I, I... I don't know, but they, there, there has been an issue with him. You know, the, the transfer mark saga has started a little bit with him. Um, the reports are that, that they paid $5 million for him, which um, if they did, they should have made a cop announcement, which they didn't, so it's been a big issue. Um, I don't know. I um, had, Was he, like, on a on an ending contract or something that, that, that um, Fenerbahce... I, I don't think so. I don't. I don't understand. I wouldn't even like five million. Like PSV didn't sign him because Salzburg were insisting on twelve million. So yeah, they, and he did play a lot. So last year. if they he got him like for five games and scored twenty two. So if they got him for five million, that's okay. I mean, good it's, business. It's, probably, it's, it's probably a backloaded contract where every so many games he just gets maybe um, you know probably the, the the easiest way to also. Uh, avoid the financial fair play things Mm -hmm. yeah Ali Kort did mention that next year their financial fair play settlement will be over so I think that might be the thing where they just sign him for X amount now and then you know the coming years maybe uh, there will be certain uh, clauses triggered or something Uh, we'll see you know but good signing though and so is I think Rossi like I mean young players as well 
really surprised by both Fenerbahce and Galatasaray in a positive way. And I said this last time too, but just like I, I really like their transfers. Um, finally, like some thought being put into the transfer policy. And, th- you know, that doesn't always work out. Because I was very happy with Besiktas' transfers two years ago when they went for guys like Pedro Rebocho and stuff like that, and it didn't pan out well. So, but these are like, especially for Fenerbahce, I think these guys are a little bit higher profile, Barisha in particular. Um, and uh, yeah, I think Diego Rossi could be a very interesting signing as well. Uh, very curious. Uh, I, I, it tickled me a little bit that um, with Besiktas, you have Souza getting Alex Teixeira, and then you have. Um, uh, what was it like? Uh, uh, Nkudu getting Bachuai and you know this 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 running gag of player agents, and then for Fenerbahce it's uh, Muslera <laughs> getting Diego Rossi. <laughs> if I was a Galatasaray fan, that would be, would slightly annoy me. I think, especially if he pans out well. Um, but yeah, good good moves by them, and they did get Rossi before the deadline. I think they got Berisha before the deadline as well. So at least Fener. Uh, stacking their team up. Um, did we last time we recorded? We didn't have the Champions League draws yet, did we? And the Euro- um, Europa League draws. No, I know. I don't think we did. No. No. Well, okay. Well, one one last thing then. Um, let's talk about that. Uh, Besiktas gr- grouped with uh, Ajax and with yes. uh, Borussia Dortmund and uh, then with uh, the Portuguese champion Sporting. Probably the draw that you would like if you are looking at the draw beforehand and you're looking at pot one. I think Sporting are probably one of the teams that you'd want to get. Um, with all due respect for Sporting, I'm not saying because you're gonna have an easy time against them at all. Uh, could easily be two losses, but I mean, if you look at the possibilities, I think Lille and Sporting were probably two of the 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 better options from pot one, and then from pot two, Borussia Dortmund. You know, you were very excited about the possibility of uh, Messi finally coming to Turkey or Ronaldo, maybe. <laughs> but no, not 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 per se Ronaldo. I, no, I, but you know, yeah. Okay. Okay, but but I'm actually really frightened and excited about Erling Haaland. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I I seriously think if that guy doesn't suffer any severe injuries, like, you know. With the Messi and the Ronaldo era kind of coming to an end slowly but surely, like there's been some talk of like, oh, we, we will never see this again. But I think if you look at the numbers that that kid is putting out, man, at ha- Erling Haaland, like, I I think he's already really close to being the best footballer in the world right now. Like, not he's obviously not yet there, but I think he's in the top five. Um, I don't know. You could disagree with me that... That's fine, but I, I just he's he's so he's so lethal and so phenomenal. Yeah, he's, um, he's such a beast. He's just yeah. He's so tall and imposing, and it's 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 so weird to see him him run because he has so tall legs and he can so cross fast. the pitch in like ten seconds. Yeah, um, yeah. He, I I just hope for him that he can keep it up. You know. Yeah, um, yeah that that's the question. Of course, that is the question. Of course, you know, does he stay healthy? Does he have the 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 will? Uh, and, and and the hunger, but if he does, I think I think he could break. 
I think he could have Messi-like statistics by the time he's 34. Like, obviously not in terms of assists and stuff like that, but goals? Like, Messi's around 700 goals, I think, right? Or 500? I don't know. But, like, really high up there. <laughs> I think I think uh, Erling Haaland is definitely going to get there as well. I mean, he's got 100-plus goals already, and he's 21. Um, so, yeah. I, I'm 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 kind of ex- I'm I'm both excited and frightened from the prospect of him coming to Vodafone Park uh, in just a couple of days because Besiktas are opening against Borussia Dortmund, which uh, I think is very unfortunate. Um, like instantly starting off with your toughest team at home, I mean on paper the toughest team. Like uh, Besiktas still have a lot of players that like uh, Texera, Bachuai. Pjanic, like, they also have to settle in. I think in, like, a month or, st- or so, I, I definitely think Bishtesh can do something against uh, any of these teams at home. I think Bishtesh can get points. But opening immediately against Dortmund with those players not yet fully integrated in the team, that's going to be a tough one, I think. I think Bishtesh are a little unfortunate there in, in, this, in, the, in the calendar. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it could have ended in pot one, uh, pot A, sorry, where you had, uh, Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain. Um, so I think a very good draw for Besiktas, but this is, of course, a group where Besiktas could go through, but just as easily, maybe even easier, end for it and not go through at all. Um, but what do you think of this group? I don't know, I'm... You know, um, as I guess uh, a closeted Pishtash fan, because I, they are probably the only um, uh, Istanbul team that I kind of care about. Um, I want to see them well. I, I want to see them do well, but I also want to see them not do well to you know annoy, annoy my friends that are Pishtash fans. Um, I'm I'm kind of um, um, cautiously optimistic, but I'm also scared because you guys have a lot of good players, and um, as you and I uh, spoke spoke privately, that this team is just you know if if doomed to uh, fail. Yeah, it's doomed <laughs> to fail. Before before Dostoy and Fenerbahce did all those transfers, I was like, okay, Bestas um, is just too um, too good, you know, on paper to to achieve what they are supposed to achieve, you know. Yeah. But if you know, if players like Batshuayi do, you know, um, I think Batshuayi is going to do really well. If if, if he um, adapts to the team, if players like Teixeira adapt, uh, Pjanic is, you know, is going mm-hmm. to be the guy that everybody is going to look at. Yeah. He's going to be the Mesut Özil of this year. Um, <laughs> if, if they all perform, there's... At, um, least, at least Pjanic has had a really good international break already. You know, I think he's got yeah, two goals yeah, and an it, assist in the last two games. So that's something at least. But still, it's it's um, you know if if I was a Bishtash fan, I would be uh, nervous as hell um, because it the, this team has the quality to go really far or you know crash and burn really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really um, a predicting guy. Never have been. But I want to say they will continue in Europe. Let me say it like this. Uh, you know, to be as to be as, uh, as 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 vague as possible. If yeah. that is in the Champions League I, I or in the th- Europa League, I don't know. I think that would be a, a success in this group. Um, it's a it's a very good draw, but it's also a very good group. Um, 
I, I think Sporting have some amazing talents, like one of their biggest, you know, Pote, of course, you know, their, their biggest talent, probably um, upcoming young Portuguese player that is going to be the next Bruno Fernandes, probably. Um, like They have a really good team, Sporting do, but they did lose João Mario, so that's interesting. Um, Ajax, not Ajax as good... As... I, I think that Ajax is going to be really difficult. Yeah, of course. But I think Ajax are not as good as they were the previous years. Like I, I, I kind of feel like there's a little bit of... Maybe Ten Hag has been there too long. And I don't know. They don't I mean, feel they, they as good. They did at the Berghuis, you know? Yeah, I know. I know, so, I know. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really scared of, um, of Dutch teams because mm. um, the quality difference is just too high and people just like to underplay um their qualities mm-hmm. um yeah 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 i i think ajax it's a very tough opponent but i'd rather play them now than two years ago you know what i yeah. mean yeah yeah uh, they sense. definitely did lose like they lose they lost yes and stuff like that um yeah and and then they have some players that i think stayed too long like talia fico and yeah, you know, and oh, and Onana, of course, you know, still is he? Did he end up leaving now because he was suspended? And I think it was no, out of contract, right? No, he, he's still at the team. He's going to leave. Uh, on yeah, free isn't, isn't he joining Lyon year. or something? Like that's what I was hearing that he was going to Lyon. But I mean, he he, he can't play until like yeah. November, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. afterwards, um, his his contract ends like next year. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. probably he's going to leave he's, he's going to sign a sign a contract in january or something yeah yeah uh, so i don't know like ix obviously they are a good team uh but i think you know on paper besiktas are the absolute underdog in this group i think on paper sporting ajax and and dortmund should be beating besiktas um not maybe not both home and away because you know like you know it's a champions league at the end of the day you know um there's no easy opponents like even if you get like sheriff tiraspol just just ask uh just ask uh who, who did they knock out um in the last round i forgot uh but yeah like you know nothing's easy easy but yeah it's gonna be tough but uh if Bishesh can get out of the group even into the europa league I, you know i'm actually quite excited of that if i would prefer Bishesh to go into the europa league because in the europa league with this team I think if Bacuaya works out, if Pjanic work out, works out, if Alex Teixeira work out, that's, that those are a lot of ifs. But if they do, I think Bishes can go pretty far in the Europa League. Whereas in the Champions League, let's be honest, like even if you get out of the group, like you probably get against, you come out against Bayern München or something in the next round and get smacked. Uh, like last time, so yeah, I'd be more excited about going to the Europa League, quite frankly. But you know. Anything. If Vicious get more than four points, I'll be happy, quite frankly. Because it's a tough group, man. And Vicious have a really good team on paper, but these teams are still better. Anyway, uh, let's move on to, to Galserai. Because uh, they also had a draw. <laughs> and a pretty tough one at that. Uh, just quickly looking at uh, their fixtures here quickly. Um, so they are up against... They're starting their campaign against Lazio Roma. Then uh, they're playing away at Marseille. And then they're playing away at Lokomotiv Moscow. So they're starting at home against Lazio. 
Lazio had a really good start in the season in Serie A. Um, they have a really good team. Marseille had a good start of the season. They, of course, added Genghis Under. Uh, Lokomotiv Moscow, I n- I'm not that well informed on, but I've been keeping my eye on both Marseille and Lyon and uh, Lazio, sorry. And I think that's a really tough draw for Galatasaray, especially given that they. I, I, I like their team, like with all these new young guys, but I think Galatasaray are going to lack experience. Um, and the pillars of their team, like Muslera, they're kind of sinking away in the ground at the moment. So I, I don't give Galtry a lot of chances in this uh, in this group, unfortunately. What do you think? I mean, I think that they um, that they picked a a really bad um, you know group. Um, if their performance against PSV is uh, of any um, you know. Uh, the quality showing of their team mm. that it's going to be really difficult but PSV are really good though this season yeah I but feel. from even from then to now the team has changed a lot yeah um and the new players the the couple uh the couple of highlights that i saw of them they did pretty well morotan is going uh doing pretty well i don't know you know as i said it, it, it you are you have the worst you have the worst person for these uh for these segments because i'm i'm, I'm not really a predicting guy but um <laughs> Me neither. I, I suck at it. If, so yeah. if 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 they um, if they do go through, it's going to be you know hats off, hats off to Tatum if yeah. he's still there. Uh, mm-hmm. They uh, they they really match something, and I think that the biggest issue is uh, is their striking issue. You know, um, for some reason people people mm-hmm. are already downplaying uh, how good uh, Mustafa Mohamed is. Um, Diagne is still there after going away every year you know it, it's going to be really difficult for them i think they they need a clear forward clear striker that they know they can trust mm-hmm. to do what they want to do you know um yeah and how does mustafa mohammed respond to his transfer to bordeaux not going through because he was he really was pushing for that move and uh, 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 from what i hear from some uh, egyptian colleagues is uh not happy with his current situation. Yeah, he might be checked out mentally already. Mm, yeah. Even read some rumors, and I, I have not confirmed this with those Egyptian friends of mine, but I even read some rumors that he is doesn't want to work with Fatih Terim anymore. So I don't know how much of that is true, but uh, he was definitely, that, that I can say, was very upset with his transfer not going through, which is also a curious situation because Galtzerai, loaned him with an option to buy and then they were going to sell him now to Bordeaux with loan with option to buy and the problem is Bordeaux couldn't pay straight away because Bordeaux also have financial issues um, so what would have to happen is Galtzrei would have had to trigger the clause with Samalek and buy Mustafa Mohamed I think for 4 million US dollars but that but Galtzrei couldn't because obviously the limit and all that stuff. So Galtzrei couldn't actually trigger the buyout clause before they got money from Bordeaux, and Bordeaux couldn't pay upfront. Before that, they, yeah, before uh, Galtzrei got him. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's a, it's a weird situation there. Um, I, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, at the end of the season, I think he goes back to Zamalek if they don't trigger, and then Zamalek will just end up selling him to Bordeaux, probably. 
Um, but yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Mustafa Mohamed doesn't feature that much this season. Which is a shame because I really liked him when uh, he first came. And then when he got Corona, he, he dropped off a little bit. Well, he, he dropped off actually when Terim insisted on playing Falcao and playing them together. Uh, that wasn't that, that just seemed to take the wind out of his sails after a really promising start. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the the whole Diagne situation, you know, they tried to offload him twice already, uh, once to Brugge, then uh, last season to uh, West Brom, I guess it was, right? Um, then they relegated and they didn't trigger the clause. And now they're, quote-unquote, stuck with him again, although he's proven useful. Um, and he has, at times, proven useful for Galtzra. I just think that it's he's complacent and lazy a little bit and yeah i understand that they aren't happy with him but they're probably he's probably the the, the best option they have right now if mustafa mohammed isn't isn't checked in anymore uh and and halil is not a, a lone striker you know that's just i, I it can't work uh halil kerem morotan chikaldao those are all really good footballers i think from what i've seen from morotan and chikaldao so far at least um, so that could work, but I think when you have to, in the league especially, if you have a team that's stubborn and defending really well, uh, and you need to find like an answer with a with a with a target in the box, then I I think you're missing some pushing power, you know, with that front line. Although I mean, just the combination football that they were playing um, against Kasim Pasha uh, that could do well against most defenses, I think. Um, so, what do you think of this group? Are they going to get out? Um, I think that um, Kalsra is going to have it more difficult than Besiktas has. Um, because on paper, Besiktas has a team that is already ready to face, um, you know, uh, face their opponents. Mm -hmm. And... Um, Kalsra is still a big, um, you know, it's it's way too early because they just play like two games together. But I think that um, even if they fire on all cylinders, that is going to be difficult. So, I don't know. I want to say they will end up third. The advantage that you have in the Europa League is that some sometimes teams don't take it very serious. Whereas in the Champions League, you don't have that. Like in the Champions League... Dortmund, Ajax, Sporting, they're never going to half-ass yeah. it. Whereas in the Europa League, you can have the situation where a team like Lazio is like, eh, it's the Europa League, let's focus on the Serie A this season, we want to be, we want to win the Scudetto or something, you know? Um, that might happen. Uh, personally, I don't think it will, and I think Galatasaray will probably end in fourth place here. And I also I, I also think Bishesh will end fourth. By the way, for the record, <laughs> I, I I think I think the the first games, um, both for for God, yeah for Galatasaray they they have a more difficult group because they're only going to play three games. Um, Bishesh is going to play at least home and away, you know, so it's, uh, it's at least a little bit more. So they have their own fates in their own hands. But what um, do you mean three games? There's this home and away games in the Europa League. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I my brain fart. Um, <laughs> that used to be. That was back in 2005 when uh, they introduced uh, the groups for the first time. You only had three games. I'm sorry. Um, you know, I think that the biggest issue um, is going to be that first game. Um, Lazio mm. is, as you said, a really difficult opponent, um, and Sorry is, you know, mm -hmm. one of the great ones. Um, 
I think that if if, if Galstray is able to, um, you know, claw away a point from there, I think that then they will they will go they will be uh, they will be successful. If they if they don't, uh, I see a third finish. Okay, well, let's move on to Fenerbahce's draw then uh, quickly. They are in a very tough group themselves as well, but probably the easiest group from the tree yeah. <laughs> with uh, Eintracht van Frankfurt, where they will open uh, in Germany uh, this week. And then they are at home against Olympiakos and then finally uh, at home against Antwerp. So they have back-to-back home games before then going uh, away to Antwerp uh, and then uh, way to Olympiakos and finishing at home against uh, Frankfurt. So, um, yeah, uh, Frankfurt, Olympiakos, Antwerp. Not the worst draw in the world, probably. Yeah, pretty, lo- lo- looks pretty good on paper. Mm. I just hope that they won't get, you know, the, the stereotypical Turkish mentality of oh, yeah, we are so much better than these guys on paper and that they just have assets. <laughs> I already saw that on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm really scared of that because uh, we saw it with Trabzonspor facing Molde that everybody thought that, okay, who cares about a team from oh, Norway? And then, you know... I said, I said, no, that, yeah, that's said, not going to be easy. You said it, but, you know, the, the, the majority thought, okay, this yeah. is just a team that we will just steamroll. And, yeah, but uh, the most important thing is what do the players and what do the coach think, right? Like... It's it's the, the what the fans think. Fans are you know fans often are not that well informed about anything that goes out around outside of their favorite league. Um, you know, so you know how people are quick to yep. jump to conclusions. I, I think Antwerp is going to be an interesting uh, matchup. By the way, they have a fun team this season, especially given the fact that they got Samata. Now from Fenerbahce as well. Yeah, they uh, have been strengthening their uh, their opponents, uh, Fenerbahce. Yeah, yeah, and didn't they get Sanka too? I don't remember if that. No, uh, I, I, didn't. Didn't Sanka go to Frankfurt, uh, or did they get him from Frankfurt? I know Antwerp wanted to get Sanka, but I I don't think the the move was finalized. Let me just really quickly look um, if I see him on their squad right now. Um, Sanka is without a club. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so they they initially got Michael Frey in in earlier in the summer, but then he he scored a couple of goals and got injured, and then they had to find another striker. So then they went back to Fenerbahce and they they loaned Ali Samata. Um, yeah, which is gonna be interesting. You know uh, how uh, how will he do against uh, Fenerbahce? Um, Frankfurt. Uh, yeah. That is not an easy team, I, I believe. Doesn't uh, Silva play there still? Andre Silva? Um, Frankfurt, Frankfurt, Frankfurt. Andre Silva. Or did they sell him? Or wasn't? I don't think. I don't think I'm. I don't think I see him. They did. They did get that guy from uh, uh, from Milan, Hauga. Mm, okay. I really thought that would you know he would do okay with them, but apparently not that 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 good. Yeah. Ah, yeah, Silva was uh, at Frankfurt and he is now at Leipzig. Okay, that's a good. Uh, that's good for Fenerbahce. <laughs> I mean, I'm I, from from you know from all the teams. I'm I'm the most optimistic about Fenerbahce because uh, mm. you know the recent transfers that they did. Um, you know, once again, it's an on paper thing, mm-hmm. but it it does look like a group that they should be um, should be able to relatively you know easy yeah. go through. You know. Um, yeah. 
but it's you know if football was played on paper you know exactly. the same teams would win every game That's and true. the same team would would win every championship yeah um i do think that they um let me check. Who did, who did they play first against? Uh, Olympiacos? Uh, away at Frankfurt. Away at Frankfurt. And then they're home against Olympiacos, and then after that, home against Antwerp, and then they go back away to uh, to Antwerp, and then... Uh, I mean, can we say that uh, Frankfurt is the most difficult? Or do you think that's uh, Olympiacos? It's difficult. Uh, I don't... I think... Turkish fans kind of have that image of Besiktas pretty easily beating Olympiakos a couple of years ago, but Olympiakos was not at the top of Greek football at that point in time. They've clawed their way back up now. Um, they have a good team. Also, an interesting uh, Matteo Valbuena returning to Fenerbahce will be interesting too. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Olympiakos is, is difficult. Uh, Greek football is not where it was. 10 years ago or something, uh, but now there's Turkish football, of course. Um, I, I, I think Olympiacos are going to be tough, and I think Frankfurt is going to be tough, and I think Antwerp is going to be tough, too. Um, the big thing is going to be getting the points against Antwerp, because with all the respect for Antwerp, uh, they are quote-unquote the weakest team in this group on paper, but the weakest team uh, doesn't mean that they're going to be pushovers, because Antwerp is a very stubborn side, uh, with a lot of hard work, uh, very good mentality, some really good players too, uh, great home atmosphere as well. Uh, and and there's a there's a club that lives for these types of nights. You know, Antwerp have been gone for so long from from the European stage, uh, only just returning the last couple of years. Um, like yeah, those fans have been lusting for that for 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 decades so uh, i think antwerp will be taking this very serious and i think fenerbahce if they are going to uh, approach that match like they did the first leg against helsinki then they could uh, find themselves uh, getting uh, bitch slapped by antwerp uh, sorry for the donkey by the way <laughs> <laughs> adds a little bit of atmosphere to to this it's like i'm in some uh, turkish kuy <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I am. Uh, yeah, no, uh, but I agree with you. From all the three, from the three Turkish teams, is definitely the the most uh, doable group. Uh, and uh, you know, keeping everything in, into account, you know, what squad does a team have? Um, who are their opponents? I think Fenerbahce are probably the ones that are almost obligated to make it to the next round. Uh, I won't. I won't. I won't blame Galatasaray if they don't get out of that group because there's only two tickets and yeah, Marseille and Lazio on paper are just better and should go through and Moscow probably as well. I, I don't know Russian football well enough uh, to, to give you a proper opinion on that, but I expect that they probably have a more experienced side given you know how Galatasaray has shaped their team. Um, so yeah. And then, yeah, Besiktas, I think, yeah, like I said, like scheduling-wise, I think Besiktas are a little bit unfortunate because in the Champions League, in, on paper, those home games are very important. And immediately starting off against the toughest team in the group when you still have players that need to settle and you're starting off against a team that, you know, doesn't, like, Dortmund are a very stable team year to year. 
it's it's gonna be really difficult. Besiktas are gonna have to like if they start off on the back foot against Dortmund, then it's gonna be an uphill battle from there. Like they ideally would get some points or at least a point there. Um, but yeah, I, I I'm hopeful, but I don't expect much in that group from Besiktas. I just think that the opposition is a little bit too strong, and the same thing for Galatasaray and Fener. They have the best chance. Um, yeah, anything else that you want to talk about, Jakub, before we uh, finish this episode? Um, yeah, we can we can we can lightly talk about um, the transfer mark bullshit that is going around on Twitter. Yes, let's talk about that. That's, um, that's a good one. Let's end on a high note. Yeah, a couple of day, like two days ago, um, I saw from from Zach from Zach Lowy um, that uh, he he. Um, he's he's a guy that has a pretty good um, no good side no 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 he doesn't no okay no okay you don't like him okay. I I, uh, I don't have any problem with him personally but I know a lot of people in the journalism world that think he's an absolute joke but yeah okay now anyway um he he he, re- he shared um, a tidbit about how Fenerbahce is supposedly um, taking uh, transfer mark to court. Um, because they have been undervaluing their players and um, they are they are hurting the team financially. Um, this uh, retweet that he had was from uh, from an account that you know they had like I want to say like 80k um, followers. Um, so who knows? I, I I do think that it's pretty much bullshit that it, that Fener is going to do that. But we're living in such a uh, such a place at the moment. Yeah, that I, I remember. Surprise me. There was something like that a couple of months ago where we all thought, "Oh, that's bullshit." Fenner would never do that, and then they released. Then they did it. And then they did it. I don't remember what it was, but I just remember thinking the same thing. I don't remember what it was though. But uh, well, the, the, the the account has one hundred seventy five thousand followers, and you know, yeah. followers aren't really a, a benchmark for for how how. Um, quality the news is but yeah, how quality yeah. the news is but you know over the time i have been seeing this stuff um since the since the origin all type like rivalry has grown between <laughs> the between the fans of the club um they are nitpicking pretty much everything from both sides and um you know they uh, they are talking about the transfer values so, um origin is at the moment the highest um uh, valued turkish player um with uh, Pjanic joining uh, Besiktas, he's now the most, uh, you know, the highest valued player in the in, in, in the comp- in the competition, according to transfer market, an arbitrary site, by the way. Yeah. Um, so there have been uh, this, there have been tweets all over uh, Twitter with um, Fender fans um, comparing players like Ferdi Kardolo to Abdur uh, Abdulkadir Ömür. Um, one of them compared. Um, um, Serdar Aziz from of all people to Victor Hugo <laughs> saying that uh, okay Victor Hugo might be better but he's not two times you know he's not double the value of a Serdar Aziz yeah but how old is Serdar he's like 32 33 right I mean Hugo Hugo isn't really the youngest either no but <laughs> Hugo is like 30 uh, Serdar Aziz is just bad but it's the same as, as, as Domagoj Domagoj Vida is arguably the best center back in the league Right, like you can you can make a case for other players probably, but like you know, let's look at the career. Let's look at what you know. Arguably, top three, right? Yeah. yeah but yeah, look at his value. He's like, I don't know, on, on transfer market. I think he's rated like four point two million or something. 
you know, yeah. you also need to take into account age and decline of, of, of the value. That's a big part. Like, Muslera is, okay, he's been horrible the last couple of months, but on paper, by far still the best goalkeeper in the league. But nobody in their right mind is going to pay 15 million euros for a 34-year-old Muslera or 35, I whatever mean, he is. Yeah, I mean, and we, we also have to... Um we slash they have also they also have to understand that the, the market value changes in the in in, in 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 on transfer market aren't a daily thing aren't a weekly thing they get um they get updated like every couple of months so the current yeah. the current value of the players is, is stemming from from may so like they are four months old yeah um and to my what, knowledge what, by the way those values are just by done by volunteers not by, by not by professional scouts just volunteers like uh like fifa fifa database the attributes from the players in fifa is done by volunteers football fans you cannot compare it to football manager football manager actually employs and pays scouts professional scouts and people who work for the football football manager database have gone on and worked as scouts for clubs yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There's a big difference there in professionalism, if you compare, and, and in quality. Like, you could compare TransferMark to, to the FIFA database. And I work for the FIFA database, right? Like, I, I, I know, like, you, you or anyone who's listening right now, like, just, you know, if you're 16 years old and you're, 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 you love football, you can apply and become a reviewer for FIFA for the games. You don't need any experience you don't need any scouting degree nothing like that you don't need anything like that and it's the same thing for transfer mark like the people who work on it are people who at best i'm not saying that there's no scouts who put data in but the people who work there are doing so on a voluntary basis and in large part at best are going to be people who just give an educated guess and the the level of that education varies largely from person to person like, it's completely, like Jakub said, arbitrary. Like, I know some clubs t- put some, too much stock into these things, like the values of, of TransferMarkt. And uh, there's, uh, there have been examples in the past of really big clubs using TransferMarkt as, as, yeah, as a reference. But that doesn't mean that, that, that you should really take it 100% serious. I think that the, the values that you have there are a decent indication... But they're not more than that. At the end of the day, it's all about how much the crazy person is willing to pay, is what my mom says. Like, uh, I mean, you know, if, if the, the the bigger issue, as you said, um, the people doing this are volunteers. Um, the most uh, the most known one, quotes unquote, um, mm-hmm. of of the Turkish site of the Turkish version of the site, is a guy that is that is uh, a Trabzonspor fan. Mm. So the issue has become that uh, a lot of people are are, are telling are, are saying that he is biased and they are um, they are they are tweeting every transfer market post and saying and asking the transfer market admins from the from the from the international site to you know to fire him because he's being biased and he's intentionally putting um, you know keeping the problem sport players transfer values high whilst also keeping Fenerbahce players value that value is low uh, value but is Fen- low, Fenerbahce are the second high like if you look at transfer market if you go to the Super League and you rank the teams on on value Fenerbahce are the second highest va- value team in the Super League just 7 million lower than Besiktas yeah. 
Yeah. And almost 30 million higher than the third the third team, which is Trabzonspor. Yeah. Like, I mean, the 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 issue is um, the guy that is uh, that that is um, responsible for the Turkish league has come out and has said multiple times. He said, "Okay, listen, I think that you're under not understanding what what my what my role is at the at transfer market." He said multiple times that the only thing that he's doing is when a player scores a goal, when a player gives an assist, when a player plays a match, mm-hmm. um, he inputs I'm, the data. I'm, I'm putting in that those stats. So um, if you're wondering about the player, you know, a game from like 2018, that's probably a stat that I put in. Um, when there's a transfer, um, he looks at the cup uh, announcements or at the announcement from either team and, you know, or from his sources. And that's what he puts in. Mm-hmm. So the issue was, um, Berisha, when he went to uh, Fenerbahce, um, the Fener uh, reporter said that Fener paid like four million or something, like three plus one one million in bonus, and he allegedly put um, put uh, on transfer mark that they paid him five million. So that was a big, big issue. But yeah, there he's trying to make us look like we paid more and this and that, and the guy has came out has come out and he said. Listen, this isn't this isn't this isn't what I did. This is a this is a thing that the Austrian admins did. They have some um, people close to the Salzburg people, um, and they have changed it um, according to their sources. Mm-hmm. So, you know, since then they have been hounding the guy for uh, you know for weeks at the uh, for weeks now, and the the, the Berisha thing has been like the cherry on top of the cake. Um, saying that he's the one changing the market values. Mm-hmm. And he has said numerous times that he isn't the one doing this. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it it's easy to get Turkish fans. Yeah, no, I, I, I can, compl- angry, I can you know? completely relate. Uh, you know, I, I I do certain work for, I have done for many years for, for EA. Um, and I have read posts, uh even if, if like you know accusational things where I'm like well, okay you can you can you can accuse me but I didn't do it <laughs> you know there's so much stuff like these like I don't know how transfer market works exactly but like what I'm hearing you say from this guy's experience is very I, I can relate because like I can't go into details because we have an NDA um, but it all sounds very familiar to me and it's the same way in, in the database in FIFA where you have every league has their editors, their admins, so to speak. Um, and, and you know, certain data gets put in by those people. Like if you have a transfer, like usually the outgoing team, like the, out, the player from the outgoing team, like they usually put in the data from their sources. You know, like obviously in FIFA, you're not going to have those transfer numbers and stuff like that. That's not relevant there. But like I can see where this guy's coming from like look this is a transfer that guy came from the austrian league like their admins are going to put in that data um obviously there's there can can be wrong like these are so often um fees are not disclosed and they are just estimations that happens a lot in turkey we have a relatively relatively transparent system with, with the whole cap announcements um but also very often uh, the reported numbers into cap are not legit because yeah. there are other. There are like bonuses and clauses. Just bonuses, hiding. clauses, other ways of paying stuff. Um, 
there's many different ways. Like in Belgium, you have uh, people who play for players with kitchens, for mm. example. So, yeah, you know, n- uh, favors in uh, Natura. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, the, 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 it's just silly that if it's true, which once again, I, I like 99.99% of my body believes that it's not true because that's way too childish behavior for a team. Um, yeah, but, uh, why? Let's, let's why, look why at the <laughs> let's look at the values of of Trabzonspor on transfer market. Is it even that absurd? Like, I don't think so, right? Like, I mean, I mean I, we've had the discussion about uh, about Urjan, and you know, I, I I don't believe a club is going to pay eighteen million or whatever it is he's valued at right now. I just don't think it it's going to happen. And if yeah. it, if it, if a club would be willing to pay it, it, he would be gone already at this point. Um, I also don't. 100% believe in what club presidents say in the media uh, because I remember vividly uh, Orman uh, talking uh, big about uh, Domagoj Vida and stuff like that and the fact of the matter is he was saying 25 million he's not leaving for less if somebody would have come along and offered 12 million cash he would have sold him 100% sure of that uh, let's see so let's at, at Fenerbahce let's uh, at Trabzonspor let's rank players on their value right so Urjan is 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 valued at 19 million i think that's too much <laughs> but you know if he would be valued at 15 i'd say yeah sure because i think roughly if you value him at 15 you're probably gonna sell him for 12 or 13 maybe depending on the position on the negotiation table nate 19 you know, if he would have played a really good Euros, I could see it because that does a lot for a player's value. Um, Abdulkadir Umur is valued at eight and a half. Yeah, you know, he's he was a really, really big talent. And if it wasn't for his injuries, I mean, look at Yusuf went for 17, I think. Yeah, like 16 and a half plus some bonus. Yeah, let's say Yusuf went for 15. Like, Abdulkadir is a player that could have easily gone for the same, if not yep. more. He was the bigger talent, but he had really unfortunate injuries. Like, so I think eight, eight and a half. I mean, I don't think a team is going to pay that right now simply because they won't want to take the risk of a player that's, I think, torn his ACL twice. Is it twice? Mm, no, not twice. I think. Um. Once. Once in 1920. Hmm. Alright, but then he's had some other injuries, right? So I don't think a team is going to risk paying 8.5 for him right now. But if you look at purely, you know, age, talent, uh, potential, uh, potential earnings, I think 8.5 isn't grave, isn't, isn't, isn't like a a huge overstatement. Bacaceta, 7 million. He's a great player. I don't think anyone's going to pay seven million for him, given his age. Uh, he's twenty-eight. Um, Turkish league, Greek league. It's probably a little bit more than 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 realistically would be getting paid for him. Uh, Cornelius six. I think that's realistic, given what Trabzon paid. They paid five, right? Yeah. Uh, Vitor Hugo. How old is Vitor? He's thirty years old. 30. You know, five and a half million for one of the best defenders in the league. I think that's pretty normal for a, f- yeah, a 30 year old. paid something like four million. Yeah. Nwakaeme, uh, five million. Yeah. That, I mean, that's that, probably that, high because of his age. But he's that really. Was the, 
that was the biggest one because a guy on Twitter and on Reddit um, said that, yeah, Valencia, how can Valencia be uh, worth less than him, a Fener fan, because Valencia scored more goals last year. And I said, okay, um, you know, he said, and I'm phrasing, you mean people are actually surprised that Valencia, who scored more than Wakaima last season, who was the star of his nation along with James Rodriguez in the 2014 um, <laughs> 2014 World Cup who played in the Premier League oh. is less valuable than someone is, is who James played in a Ecuadorian? I didn't know that. <laughs> I, you know, the issue I have with this is that, you know, if you're taking, you know, stats from seven years ago, it doesn't make any yeah, fucking yeah. sense either. Um, if the transfer market, at the, at, the, at the core of the problem, um, this issue is issue about an arbitrary site once again why do people care so much why why do people care so much i mean there's i mean dorokan 4.7 million like i wish i wish we could have sold it i I wish we could have gotten gotten that type of money for him uh but i doubt it since let's be honest dorokan wanted quote unquote to go abroad and there were no offers so you know when you're free and you can't get a club then i i yeah i don't know uh i don't know like these these numbers are so like you have to put a value on these players right yeah mark hamsick is worth three million like okay he's 34 years old but he's still really good yeah i don't know man like these numbers don't look extravagant like, let's look at Fenerbahce, right? Like, <laughs> this, I, I mean, or let's look, let's look at Besiktas. Let's not, let's not look at, uh, at Fenerbahce. Let's, let's look at Besiktas. So, Besiktas, most valuable player, uh, there's going to be Pjanic at 20 million. I mean, you know, he went for 60 last year. So, yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, then you have Gazal. Valued at twelve, uh, I think that's a little. I mean, realistically speaking, it's probably a little high, uh, given we pay three. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think anyone's gonna pay twelve for him. Uh, is it? Is he worth that on the pitch? You know, that's the same question you could ask on Wakayemi. Is he worth that on the pitch? I would say five million definitely. Is 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 Gazal worth twelve million on the pitch for Besiktas last season? He he was, I would say. But is he? Is anyone realistically going to pay that? No. Um, but there's so many players who have values that, you know, I. Let's see. We have Kyle Lahren at 11 million. I I think Kyle Lahren's probably realistically worth around eight or nine, especially given how much goals he's been scoring for Canada as well this year. Um, I I I I I wouldn't be surprised if he wouldn't be on just. 10 more months left on his contract if he still had like two or three years on his contract i wouldn't be surprised if bitch got nine million for him 11 is probably a little on the high side uh, but that's just because i i don't think he's that particularly good because <laughs> i you know I, he's i val he's he's been fantastic don't get me wrong but i still think of him as a like i could think of kenan karaman as a very useful but limited footballer like about you why here 10 million, like talent wise, I rate Bachuai over Kyle Lahren, and they're not that far apart in, in years, in, in age. But
but of course, you know, Bachuai hasn't done much in the last two years, so that's pretty normal that that he's gone down. Uh, you know, because he went to Chelsea for thirty something uh, four or five years ago. Um, obviously, you know, he didn't he didn't do that well. Uh, so yeah, uh, Valentin Rosier seven and a half million. I think that's actually right on the money. I, I think that's probably his his words right now. Bestes are paying around five million in total. I think so. I I think I'd agree with that. Alex Teixeira, seven million. The guy's thirty one years old. You know, I mean, it's normal that the price goes down. Souza, seven million. Uh, at thirty two, I don't think anyone's going to pay seven million. Leitch, six million. Huh, if we could get six million for him, Jesus Christ! Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Leij, but you know, uh, Ersin Destanolo, you're five and a half million now. You know, I I be at least thirty-five. I think that should be at least realistically. If I was Bistich, I would not sell him for less than nine million. Like five and a half million, I would never sell him because simply because of the the foreigner rule and stuff like that, and he's only twenty. He's got so much upside. Um, I think realistically. I, I think 9 million for Ersin is fair. So I think 5.5 is probably on the low end here. But, you know, he's only 20 years old. So look at Urjan, look at the, the, uh, look at Urjan Altai. They have 2, 3, I mean, in the case of Urjan, like 4 years of Super League experience under his belt. Uh, Altai has 3 years or something. Like Ersin is just starting his, his second full season. So that's pretty normal that his value hasn't uh, appreciated that much. Uh, Inkudu, 5 million. Yeah, why not? He's 26, 5 million. We paid 4. Um, seems roughly what he should be. He, I, I wouldn't imagine he's gone up. Uh, Sali Uchan, 4.5, 4.6. I I don't think anyone's going to pay that, even though I like Sali. Vida, 4 million. Yeah, at, at, at 32, almost 33. Even if you are good, you know your 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 value is going to go down. I I, I don't know. Like these numbers, it, it like I said before, it's all about what the crazy person's willing to pay for it. And a player who's 29, 30 years old, realistically, he is. They are rarely gonna go for their value if they play in the Turkish league. Like, yes, a 30 year old Miral, or 29 year old Miralem Pjanic can go from Juventus to Barcelona for a lot of money. Um, but a 30-year-old Alex Teixeira, probably not, you know, because he plays in Turkey. I, I know Sosa went for 7.5 to Milan, and there's always those exceptions, but I don't know. Like like you said, arbitrary numbers. Um, I think the, they should be more seen as... These values should be seen more as... They're the players worth on the pitch for their respective team rather than what another team is realistically going to be paying for a player. Um, although I do think that Ersin is undervalued. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I, I can understand people being a little bit, you know, raising their eyebrow at, at Urjan being valued at 19 million. I think... Any player in the Turkish league being valued at 19 million is not realistic. Like, there's only one player that's gone for 20 plus, except for Surlot, right? And both of, like, Surlot and, and Jenk both went for 20 plus, and look how they both did. So. And Bolic. Uh, Bolic went for 16 million dollars, I think. Arda? 
I about 12 million euros. Come on, there has to be there has to be one because I I looked at this. No, no, no. Is is Balic was it wasn't Bullich, it was Balic. Balic, yeah, 21 Balic. million. I knew it. No, 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 no. That was 16 million US dollars at the time. Maybe it, it's probably adjusted for inflation or something. But uh, he was he went for 16 million US dollars, I think. Pretty sure. Although I might be confusing it with Chardel. But still, I mean, when Balic went, there was no euro. So it's, it's definitely adjusted for inflation. So let's see. Elvir Balic transfer fee Real Madrid. Let's see if we can find anything. I mean, Jenk is 22.5, Balic is 21, Muric is 18.5, Yusuf is 17.5, and Jardel is 17. I mean, if, if, if Muric can go for 18 million, then Urjan should be able to go for 19, right? At least, like, tw <laughs> like 45 million. I, it, it's just the market we're in. Like, Turkey... I always compare it, like, the Netherlands, when you look at Ajax, when you buy from Ajax... You're buying a Ferrari. When you buy from any Turkish team, you're buying a Fiat. So you're never gonna get the same money. Like even if it's a really good Fiat, you're not gonna get that money that that that, that, they, that they get at the Ferrari dealership. You know, just just stamping that little Ferrari on it is extra. Bam, five million, just right there. Just that little, just that 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 IX, that IX school. That's just you know, it's it's just not. Just not realistic. Anyway, uh, it was transferred in 1999, so that was before the euro. It was definitely in US dollars back then. I can't find the US dollar fee here, but, you know, adjusted for inflation. Let's say it's 21 million. Um, and look how he did, right? <laughs> look, Cenk, uh, Sörlot, Balic, uh, Muric. Who else was on there at the top of that list? Um, I just closed it, Yusuf. Um, except except Elif for Elmas, except Jardin. for Yusuf and, and maybe you know except for Yusuf and Elif like all those other guys kind of bombed. Uh, plus you know the thing with with Elif like he was really young was like twenty one years old. Um, Yusuf was twenty three twenty two or something right. Like yeah, that's 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 different. You know that's the same thing with Abdul Kadir Umur. If he would have stayed free from injury, he probably would have gone. But like a 25, 26 year old player still playing in Turkey. The fact that Cenk Tosun went for that type of money is insane. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like for a goalkeeper, it's different, of course. Uh, Urjan, 25 for a goalkeeper, that's a very that's 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 young. For a, a normal outfield player, 25 isn't old by any means, but it's not young either. It's not like 21, 20, or whatever, you know. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's silly that uh, if, if it's true, it would be really silly if Fenerbahce are uh, legitimately getting upset about that. But is it really the club, though? Like, it's it seems to be the fans mainly, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think, I, I don't see a club that big. You mm. know, there has to be a couple of smart people right there that say, like, okay, you hope so. Don't do this because, you know, the. the the negatives are, war, are are way more than the positives. Just shut up. Let people do whatever the fuck they want on uh, on social media and uh, move mm. on. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you take this type of stuff like too far and take it serious, then you're just making a laughing stock out of yourself in in, in Europe. You know, because people do pick this up, like you said, like yeah. Zach, Zach 
tweeted this out and you know whether you think he's a good journalist or not like no i said i like his site because they give um opportunities to, to, to a lot of people to just write their articles there that's what i said yeah it's a it's a bizarre situation let's hope that uh Fenerbahce don't uh, take this too far um yeah, I think we we discussed most of the stuff we wanted to. You know, international break, transfer, or so, some more transfer news, and uh, now it's uh, back into the league soon. Uh, this weekend uh, we're starting back with the league, and then the Euro- those European games straight away. So um, no time uh, for adjusting for for the three teams that are still active in Europe. Um, yeah, are you looking forward to this weekend? Yeah, Trabzonspor is facing Galatasaray, mm-hmm. so that's going to be a nice one. But uh, with, with you know all the players that were supposedly injured during the uh, Roma game and uh, some uh, during international games have all give have all been given the clear. So um, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun game. A proper test for uh, Abdullah Avci this yeah. uh, this match. Let's see uh, see if we uh, if he if Trabzonspor are going to be a real contender. They really you would think they would have to win this game, right? Like, yeah. Galt right now with this many changes to their team, lots of new transfers, they haven't settled yet. This is the time to strike for Trabzonspor who have had time to settle and uh, get ready for the, the new season. Let's hope they do well. Yeah, well, anyway, good luck this weekend uh, and uh, we'll speak again soon and uh, have a great uh, evening. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for having me, man. It's, uh, it's weird, you know, just the two of us, it's... Uh... Umut should have been here, but uh, he had some issues. Um, but can't wait to talk to you again. Yeah, speak to you soon, and uh, hopefully you will be listening as well to the next episode of Football Ala Turca. And uh, well, you know, let's uh, try and forget quickly about this international break and look forward to a fun and exciting 2021-2022 season.